Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What's up, everybody? What is going on? It is Tuesday. Well, at least it's Tuesday when this is airing. Taping this late on Monday night. Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can follow me on Twitter. You know what? I really don't care what my Twitter is, and neither do you, so I'm sick of saying that at the beginning. I'm going to jump right into it, man. Every handful of weeks, I get my man Aaron Quinn from Cover One on, and it's always episodes that I look very much forward to doing, man, because I don't I don't know what it is. I can't really explain why. I, I like to think it's because you and I have nice little chemistry and vibe. Aaron Quinn, of course, co-host of the Cover One Buffalo Podcast with Greg Thompson. I just feel like I don't need to write a mountain of notes, man. You know, I got a couple bullet points, a couple talk, talking points. Literally, that's all I need, man. What's going on, dude? What's up? What's happening, man? You know what? I appreciate that because I I pride myself on being able to just shoot from the hip. That's how we do our show. Uh, Cover One Buffalo, Greg and I just shoot from the hip. Went on with uh, our boy, Nate Geary, a Sports Talk Saturday this weekend. And I was like, yeah, do you want a specific topic? So he's like, no, let's just shoot. For-. Like, I feel like I, I do feel like people are comfortable just chatting with me. Like, we don't have to have specific notes. Let's just chat some bills. You know, I'm not going to take over the conversation or anything like that. It would be a good back and forth. Can't you, you're experienced enough now between doing podcasts and listening to podcasts and, and radio shows and stuff like that. You can kind of tell, I think, when something is like overly scripted. You know, like if you make a point, I if, I, if I ask you a question and all of a sudden you kind of go off topic, but I pull it right back. You know what I mean? We don't go with the flow with the conversation. You could just tell when things are like when there's too many notes, I guess. in some in some ways, it's almost possible to over prepare. Don't tell Bruce Nolan. I agree. Like that, I agree with it. Yeah, no, for some people, it's the way for me. Uh, I find when I over prepare, I agree with you. It looks scripted. Robotic. I definitely stumble over myself. Uh, not when we go live and just shoot from the hip sometimes dude last night cover one buffalo uh post game show if anyone's listened to it i for sure said it like five or six times that the bills held the miami dolphins to three points i was just like it was like stuck in my head we're in there arguing we're live and then after the show i'm like what am i doing like they scored a touchdown and it's out there forever i can't get it back so sometimes it goes poorly but out of all the shows we've done now four or five seasons I've got maybe a handful of those episodes where I made some dumb mistake where I just beat myself up. over. <laughs> I used to make mistakes and then I would edit it out because unlike cover one, my shit's not live. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. I, I have the ability to completely edit something out, but I've gotten to a point now. It's a, a balance between being comfortable and quite frankly, just kind of getting lazier over yeah. the last couple of years. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to let it run. It takes me 15, 20 minutes to go find it and take it out and piece it together. I'm just like fucking. Even the pros get stuff wrong. Let people see my warts, man. I'm good with that. Now you mentioned you mentioned WGR. You were on Saturday, which, by the way, unfortunately, I didn't get to. I know you were on the show. I didn't get to hear the segment. You probably turned off your radio. No, 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 no. I wasn't listening to begin with. (laughs) No offense. I mean, I love Nate. I love WGR. That's not a a diss towards them. I just had other stuff going on, but I did see on Twitter. In fact, it was right before you were about to go on. I saw your tweet, and like I said, I wasn't there. Radio didn't get on in time to listen, but was that your first time on the show on WGR by yourself? 
Yeah, it was the first time by myself. I did training camp with the whole Cover One crew, Greg, Eric, and myself. We did a segment in training camp a couple years back now. Uh, but there's been a few times where we talked about it, but have, being a family man on Saturdays and I give up all day Sunday to football, it's hard to also then convince the wife like, hey, middle of the day on a Saturday, I got to have this 20, 30 minutes. We ended up being on for about 25 minutes. Uh, and so that's tough, but she was like, no, go do it. I know how much you like Nate. So the thing is, it's not even, it's cool that it's on WGR and that gets a good listenership. I really enjoyed, like, i like Nate. I like Nate a lot. I, I love, love Nate. Give, I love giving him shit. He takes it. He gives it back. We did the post game show and the uh, preview show together for a while, uh, over, well, not the post game show. Cause he was doing the, the WGR, but the preview show, we did it for about a year and a half together on cover one before I got Greg and he just got too famous and too popular to deal with me anymore. <laughs> so he moved on from a, but I miss talking to him. It was a good conversation. I love talking to Nate. So, uh, I'm glad he had me on. Yeah. Nate, Nate's a good dude, man. I, um, I'm going to be doing a show with him this coming Saturday. Actually, it's, um, Jay Spence is doing a live podcast and me and Nate are both going to be on it at a resurgence brewery on Saturday night. That'll be fun. I like the fact that like your wife, I'm, I say this jokingly, your wife's like your agent. You know what I mean? You got when you, whether it's <clears throat> yeah. radio, whether it's when you know, obviously your own show, you know, you're scheduled to do yep. that. But like when you jump on my pod and I'll hit you up, I'd be like, yo, Aaron, can you, can you jump on? You know, you know, you got to ask the wife, you damn, damn family it. people, man. You people, yeah, she you takes people have families that care, that care about your families. What's the matter with it's, you? It's uh, it's a card that I have to pull, uh, every so often. Cause I, she's got to then put, put the two kids to bed by herself. And that's a pain in the butt. I don't know anyone out there with kids or not, but, uh, it's nice when she has the additional help, uh, to do it. So I try not to pull that card. So the, she gets it though, during the year, especially here, mid season bills, uh, you know, this is the time of year where I'll get an invite to a show like yours and I love doing your show. So I'll, I'll do it every time I can, I can, but I do say no to a lot of things during the week here, but radio, I'll pretty much always, if uh sports net hits me up, I'll always try to make time to carve out for that. That's easy though. That's like 10 minutes. They usually yeah, do. That's fun. Set. Plus it's for your brand. You know, you're helping, you're yeah. promoting, you're promoting what you do. I mean, that's part of the gig. It comes in sports net's been very good to us of putting us in nice slots with, with some good hosts. So I'm going to always say as to that stuff. Uh, but I try to pick and choose because uh, it can get out of hand pretty quick in the con. You you always want to have your voice out in front of people and promoting your show, but you could be doing shows five, six nights a week with how many other content creators there are out there. So it could get tough if you say yes to everything. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, being a family person, your time for doing stuff like this is much more limited. So of course, I appreciate that holiday weekend. By the way, for everyone listening, I promise you, we are going to talk plenty Buffalo Bills. They beat Miami. You already know that. We'll kind of, we're not going to recap the game, but I got some takeaways and I want to get some from Aaron as well. Before that though, man, Halloween this past weekend, you mentioned the kids, you got young kids trick-or-treating. We did. Fun? Yeah. And yeah, it, it was fun. It's always fun um, to see them just light up and run around the neighborhood. And we went and we brought some friends who uh, actually their kids are my oldest son's age and is a kid older and they hadn't done much trick-or-treating yet. So my kid was showing them the ropes, uh, taking around the neighborhood. So that was fun. I got some like sort of festivist type pet peeves though. We, my neighborhood, at least growing up, if you had your lights on, on the front of your house, any exterior lights that meant were open for candy, come sure. knocking. Me too. It's a candy land over here. Uh, I counted probably six or seven houses that had outdoor lights on not a single person home nobody there people, kid, people ringing their doorbell just either forgot or were home and just didn't think to turn them off 
But then there were a number of people that were giving out candy that didn't have that light on. Right. And, but we only knew they were giving out candy because like somebody was standing by the door. It was really weird. I don't know if people forgot the rules of Halloween. So if anybody that's listening, if you had any similar experience, I want to know. Maybe it's just my street. Maybe people on my street are, <laughs> are whacked because we only stayed to my one street. We got little kids, so they wear out pretty That's quick. a common rule. That's a common rule. I'll tell you, man. So between listening to you talk about it and, and I drove around Sunday night and I saw lots of kids going up. I was in uh, South Buffalo Sunday night. McKinley Parkway, man, that shit was like no, a, I bet they're bumping. It was like a Bills game. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was like going into the stadium. There were so many people. I think, and you and I are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum right now. You're just going through the process with your children. You're just getting the process started. You're figuring out what the holidays really mean. Of them growing up and all the things that you're going to do with them over the next handful of years, dozen years, 15 years, whatever it may be. I'm where my daughter is now a young adult. My son has graduated from high school. He's going to be 19 now. I actually got sad. Sunday night. I did. I drove around. I saw these kids and I was having fun and it just got me. I, I'm a sentimental. It is. I'm a very nostalgic person. I'm very sentimental and I wish I could go back and do it over again. And a lot of people who say that it's like, well, I got, you know, so regrets. I would do so many things. Well, of course I would do a couple things over, but that's not what I'm talking about. Just to have the experience. Yeah. I'm not talking about like, man, I, I made so many mistakes. No, I would take my life. I would take my experience with the kids, I just want to do it over again. And it's not even that, like, I'm not one of those people who took things for granted either. I kind of feel like I did a pretty good job of living in the moment. It's not like it just goes quick though. No matter what, that's what it is, man. I would just love to be able to go back and experience it again. I remember I was there, I was hands-on, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't skipping shit. I don't got regrets. I didn't take it for granted, but it, it's sad sometimes. Kids are growing. It makes you feel old, obviously. Um, yeah, I just, I just wish I could go back sometimes. It's, uh, it's my biggest fear. Cause I'm, I, I think I'm also a uh, softy like you sentimental and nostalgic. And, sure. uh, I already have like the real bittersweet moments as we are g- growing up now, you know, especially with my five-year-old is almost going to be six and looking back at some of the baby pictures and like, damn, that that's gone. Like, that's it. That time's gone. I'll never get that little dude back. Now he's this dude and he's only going to get bigger. And so, um, it's going to be hard. I don't think there's any amount of time you can spend or things you can do to change the way that feels. Every person your age or, or that is in that situation where their kids are around your kids' ages say are saying the same thing. Like they wish they could get those moments, yeah. put them in a bottle and open them whenever they want. Um, yeah. And so I try to keep that in mind and be in the now and live with my kids and do all the things. And the time still feels like I'm grasping at it all the time, no matter how much I try to do. So uh, it they they go by quick, but it's so cool to watch. It's bitter, it's the most bittersweet experience I've ever had in my life because yeah. I miss I miss the past, but the, the right now is super cool. Like the conversations I'm having with a five year old are blowing my mind, right? And I can't wait to see what's next. It's like the weirdest thing being a parent. It is, but like you said, it just goes quick. You blink your eyes. And uh, not like they're, you know, it's not like you're sending them out to pasture when they're 18 sure. years old or anything like that, but it's a little kitty stuff. That, you think uh, yours will uh, sprout you some grandkids at some point in um, the next I'll, 10, 20 I'll, so years? Well, down the road like that, sure. Yeah. Anytime soon. Hell no, man. No. Hell no. I got to ask you a really important question. It's it's probably more important than if you think the Bills are, are going to go to the Super Bowl, which, by the way, the Buffalo Bills are now the Vegas favorite. betting 
My wife and I just had a long conversation about this. Did you really? Yeah. Well, your wife has probably had a conversation with you about this too. I want to get your take on this. So it's November 1st. Well, people are going to be listening to this November 2nd, but we're taping this. Technically, it's still November 1st. Unofficially, in a lot of people's minds, this is now the start of Christmas season. I want to ask you for your take. And I have a take too, but I want to ask for yours. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of podcasters out there, a lot of people on radio, they ask a question, but all they're really looking to do is have an excuse to unload what they want to say. I, I mean, I got something to say about it, but I actually want to hear your thoughts. November 1st, is it proper in your opinion to be playing Christmas music? Is it proper in your opinion to be putting up Christmas shit around the house? And I kind of just <laughs> made yeah. it seem like, you know, what my take's going to be, but is it Christmas season to you right now? Or, and if it's not, when is proper Christmas season for you? Yeah, it's the holiday season and it starts now. Absolutely. It's actually in my house. It starts on October 31st. We start listening to Christmas music on Halloween night. <laughs> Most years this year, we didn't do as much Christmas stuff on Halloween because we had friends over and we went out trick or treating. It was mm-hmm. different. The previous few years, I'll just throw on Christmas movies while I'm handing out candy and listen, I'm at full go. Uh, today was just warming up, listening to the new Christmas music, all the 2021 hits that are coming out for Christmas. There's new Christmas music every year, baby. Every year. Uh, Kelly Clarkson just dropped a banger, uh, Uh with Ariana Grande. You're going to love it. I know you bet. you're going to love this song. I'm going to send it to you. I brought grudgingly. I probably will. Yeah. You're going to love it. It's great song. Uh, and so I listen to all that stuff, but I, I slowly build up. I start now. My thing is. I have a playlist that's like a 16 hour playlist and that's not even all the Christmas music there is. I love Christmas music on in the background. So it gives me a long time to listen to that stuff and the amount of Christmas movies. I don't believe at least in my schedule and the way my life is that I could watch all the Christmas movies. I want to watch every season. If I started with only 30 days, if I started after Thanksgiving, you only have, that's a 30 day countdown to Christmas and there's two there's more than 30 movies so even if you're watching a movie a day which is hard it's yeah. for anyone to sit around for two to three hours a day and watch a movie there's more movies than that so and there's new movies again now Netflix is in this business of coming out with two to three new Christmas specials or something a year and then TV's always got something so there's a lot of content to get to uh, in the season just like we were talking about with the kids this stuff flies by quick in the holidays, especially uh, with kids it flies right by the, the, this will be gone before we know it. there's football season. I'm busy all the time with that. Christmas has all this excitement. It just goes blows by and I'm taking down my lights before I know it. And then it's the winter here. You know, you can say what you want about Buffalo weather, but the winter here sucks. I, I defend Buffalo for anything. Once you get past January 1st and the holidays are over and all that fun of the cold seasons over, the, from February, from January, Fe, really January, February, March, even a little bit of April. Th- that sucks. That's a shitty stretch. And so I go all in on the holidays because it's like the little bit of hope and niceness about winter. And then you're stuck for another six or whatever, three months with shitty weather, snow, ice cold. So I'm all in now because I'm stretching it out, Pat. And you can't change my mind, man. You humbugs. You got me all worked up. Now, I'll let you say your piece. Let me say this much. All right. Well, first and foremost, I did not know. You said 30 days is not enough to watch Christmas movies, even if you watched one a day, which is hard. I know like four Christmas movies. 
<laughs> no, you don't. You know more than that. I, I don't know much, many more. I certainly don't know. Tim, you know more Tim movies. Allen Christmas movies than four. I know Come Scrooge, on. Christmas Story, maybe like three or four others, man. So that's whatever. I'll t- I, I will say this much. The one thing uh, about people who I think, and I do think celebrating starting Christmas season, I should say, on November 1st, I do think that's premature for a few reasons. But I will say this. The Christmas music on November 1st is the least offensive to me. Not offensive. It's what bothers me the least. And I'm going to tell you right now, some Christmas music I like, man. Look, if Celine Dion's Oh Holy Night's playing, and I have it on my phone. I literally have it on my phone. I'll play that shit in June. So you know what I mean? Good, good Christmas music I could play pretty much or listen to year round and enjoy. So I don't mind putting on, what is it? Uh, 96.1. What is it? Joy nowadays. I don't even know what the hell it is. The Breeze. I think it's the 1025 has it all the time, too. All right. So that doesn't bother me. If I'm driving in my car and I hear silver bells on November 1st, I don't love it. it You're hearing it in the store no matter where you go. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I'll also say this, too, Aaron. So I just spent the last five years in Florida, and I'm not dissing Florida, man. There are a lot of things about Florida I loved. And I came home every year for Christmas. I never was not home in Buffalo for Christmas while I lived in Florida. But and again, with all due respect to Florida, beautiful place. Um, really, the scenery was amazing. It looked cosmetically like Christmas, but it never felt like Christmas to me yeah. because of the cold, because no snow. You know what I'm saying? It looked like a yep. Hollywood movie. I've been set. down there during Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So always for me, I didn't come up here until like December 21st, December 22nd every year. So to me, Christmas season was like four days. You know what I'm saying? Christmas didn't really, yep. we never put... Because we always knew we were coming up to Buffalo for you were Christmas. Coming up. Yeah. So we didn't buy a tree. We didn't put up Christmas decorations, you know, or any of that stuff. So Christmas never yep. really even started. So my Christmas season would be four or five days. So you would yeah. think I would be excited. But I am very excited about Christmas. Well, here's the thing, dude. You're dissing Thanksgiving. You no, are not. throwing Thanksgiving under nope. the bus. You and everyone is, else is. Go ahead. Thanksgiving go ahead. is the best holiday, by the way. My, if we were... Doing a power ranking of holidays, Thanksgiving probably would be number one for me for what it's Yeah, it's because you love food. I do love food. Yeah. I love the concept. I love the concept of Thanksgiving yeah. 100% oh. though. That's the only thing I don't like about Christmas. I'm just saying it turned into why Pat likes Christmas or doesn't like Christmas Day. But Christmas to me, I love the music. I love the, the feel, the vibe of it. I hate the fact that people like us. You know, you're going to go in, especially as your kids get older and they want things that are more more money. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go three months in debt every year. Your family going way overboard, spending money on Christmas so that they can have a half hour, 45 minutes of tearing their shit up Christmas morning. And right. then our asses are broke for the next four months. I don't like that part of Christmas. I like the spirit of Christmas. Well, Thanksgiving, it's just a bunch of people that you care about at your house or someone else's house breaking bread taking a nap on the couch and watching football. That's like my favorite holiday on earth. But anyway, I mean, that's kind of going off the beaten path there. I just think like the day after Thanksgiving is when Christmas lights should be on. Uh, So I don't believe that my practice infringes on Thanksgiving. And I don't think that it takes away from Thanksgiving. I believe Thanksgiving's (laughs) Thanksgiving's part of the holiday season. It just happens that the holiday season is capped off and anchored by the superstar MVP that is Christmas. Everybody likes Christmas better. That's okay. It doesn't take away from Thanksgiving. In my opinion, Thanksgiving is a warm-up meal to the MVP shining star of Christmas. And it's fine. Turkey's overrated. Most what? of the side Turkey's super overrated. It's, in the terms of meats, entree meats that you can have, it's slightly above 
ham, like spiral oh, ham, maybe. Oh spiral uh, ham too. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, man. This stuff's terrible. Uh, so you're one of those guys who like on Thanksgiving, you like everything else more than the turkey itself? I'll eat the turkey. I'll eat turkey once a year. It's fine. But I never like crave turkey any other time of the year. Turkey sandwiches are friends. Makes a fine deli meat. I love um, turkey. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I don't love just turkey. Some of the sides I like, but not, a lot of it reminds me of like, my mom's grandma's food uh, <laughs> for, for a lot of what Thanksgiving's about. And then Thanksgiving foundationally was founded on like terrible colonialism and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's another okay. one of these holidays, like Columbus day that it's like, okay, I agree with you. Now the spirit of the day is nice. Uh, there was many years in my young twenties where another family took me into their Thanksgiving when I did, I was kind of, out without I didn't really get along with my family I didn't go back for Thanksgiving they took me in and it was it was that it was just a bunch of people around a table enjoying each other that spirit I agree awesome still it's founded on something terrible and the meat's overrated the festivities of Thanksgiving are, are fine but it's just that it doesn't have the as as Christmas does and I agree with you the Christmas commercial commercialization and people going in debt for presents that part can be terrible um for people and feeling that pressure we try pretty hard we have young kids but we go to the thrift store and get stuff and wrap it that way we try not to go overboard with we don't want to go in debt over it and for us it's more of the baking cookies together you know leading up to christmas watching christmas movies going and drinking hot cocoa and doing all the christmasy special things going to hear people sing christmas carols and that kind of joy of christmas and the lights that's what it's more about at least in my household uh, we try to make it about that. I'm sure as my kids get older and they're in school and see other kids getting Xboxes and shit, gonna say, that's going to change for me. When they're like 11 <laughs> yeah. years old and shit, man. <laughs> Asking me for iPhones and crap. <laughs> but you know what, man? I mean, fuck, if you put it that way, dude, I, I, then you, you're right. And also, again, I'm not trying to break down the, the pros and cons of Christmas sure, as yeah, a whole. Yeah. This is about like when I- This could be a whole podcast series like, to break it down. If, if you go by- your philosophy, then, then you're right. This is holiday season. I don't go that route. Like to me, it's like individual, individual. things. Like it's sure. Thanksgiving, it's Halloween, it's Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas. So I guess there's no uh, right or wrong. But it's uh, all football season. It is all football season. Speaking of, I'm gonna take a quick break. Come right back. You know what? Before we talk Buffalo Bills, though, I mean we're having some fun with Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and when season should start. I do got a serious topic. And OJ Simpson was just back in t- in town. I don't even know mm-hmm. when the last time he was in Buffalo, at least publicly anyway. Um, but he was here. A lot of eyebrows yeah. were raised. I posted a tweet. Got a lot of interaction. People were not mad. Yeah, they were mad, not yeah. happy. Anyway, I'm, we'll talk about that. Plenty more coming up with Aaron Quinn right after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with my buddy Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Let me, let's jump into OJ real quick here. So OJ Simpson was back in Buffalo. I, by the way, have no idea why. I don't know if him being at the Bills game this past Sunday, I don't know if the Bills had anything to do with that. I know he did have a sweet, and I, he had something around his neck. I don't know if it was any kind of official credential or, or a sweet pass. I don't know any shit about that. But here's what I wanted to ask you, because this is, Forget, forget the podcast or forget the, the blog and all that other bullshit. Just as a, as a person, man. So OJ's here and a, a good friend of mine, he went to Anchor Bar on Friday and a good friend of mine took a picture. She's a waitress at Anchor Bar. Took, right. a, took a selfie with him. And I, I put, I didn't know he was here. I had heard some rumors that he was here on Thursday night, but I didn't personally see any photos or anything. So I didn't know if it was true because we hear shit on the internet all the time. We never know what's true. I was like, oh shit, he really is here. Because my friend just posted a picture on Facebook. So anyway, I tweeted. And I asked her if I could. I tweeted out that pic. And holy shit, man. The, the, what a polarizing dude. All right, let, let's start there. OJ Simpson is a polarizing person. That much is undeniable. There's people out there who say there's just a cold-blooded fucking murderer. And then there's people out there who, no matter what, there's just, I don't know if it's just, you know, they're Bill's fandom or what. But they remember the guy who... Before 1994 was the most popular and famous Buffalo Bill of all time. You can make an argument that on the field, he's the greatest Buffalo Bill of all time. And, uh, you know, you add all that together, it's just polarizing to be around him. Like, what is your thought on people who, like, first of all, what's your thought on him? Like, say, if you are an anchor bar, you and your wife, or or forget you and your wife, you and I are at the bar and we're having some wings and a couple beers and OJ's over there. I find it hard to believe he wouldn't be intrigued. Now, how you react to it, of course, is what I'm asking. Like, what would your reaction be if you, if you're sitting there and OJ Simpson and whoever he's with comes walking into this bar? Uh, my jaw would drop if yeah. I like saw OJ Simpson in real life. There's definitely a star quality still Larger to OJ. It's he's infamous, right? <laughs> it's like if John Gotti walked in to the bar that I was in, uh, I would have been like, wow, that's guy. That's an infamous guy. I don't want to be his friend. I don't want to hang out with this guy. His morals and mine definitely don't line up. Uh, but there'd be that. Yeah, definitely start quality to it. But in terms of, I am on the side of the people that are slightly offended by OJ being out in the public and people take pictures with them and people, uh, you know, talking about him still being good. I, I don't like that. He's still on the wall of fame for the Buffalo bills. I don't like that his names on the stadium. He's a bad dude. I think they, most teams in those types of situations have rectified something like that, where they won't just leave a guy, except for obviously Ray Lewis still very much involved in the Ravens organization sure. of their own guy there. But yeah, no, I think uh, what he did was pretty ruthless. Um, I think even though he wasn't convicted, um, I think that the civil trial confirms what everybody wanted to know. He definitely killed those people. And that's just something that's beyond like, I, I hate the fact that he's walking around in public and having fun on Twitter and doing his videos and just acts like nothing's 
change like he's giving people advice and giving players life advice and stuff and it's like dude you murdered your tons wife and his lover tons of fans young tons fans, fans too new fans you know what i mean yeah. who, who think this is a a really cool story man it's look I, i'm like you like if we were at the bottom i'm not gonna lie i would be i'd be fat he's a polarizing figure he's larger than life if if oj simpson is at the bar yeah like you said your jaw drops so does my man i want to see how he's interacting with people sure. i want to see what people are saying to him i will tell you this much so where it would stop my ass ain't taking no picture with OJ Simpson because now, I'm not talking to the guy. If you're taking, but I'm not like that with any star. I'm not going up to. Right. I see Jim. I've seen Jim Kelly out in public a couple Agreed. times here. Other players, I just leave him alone. I see. I've seen Steve Tasker at Trader Joe's like nine times. He's he's there all the time for some reason. But I'm not going to go bug him. Right. I, that's a fair point, and and you're right. I would say this though. If if you're interested in seeing OJ Simpson, that doesn't mean you agree with him or or that you like him. If you, um, you know, if you're watching him interact, that's fine. But if you're taking a consciously taking a photograph with him and putting it on your social media and you're smiling at it, to me, that's almost like you're endorsing who he is. That's why I, like I have a problem with that. And, uh, it was just a real, like I said, it was a real hot topic this week in him. Cause he was, he ended up going to the casino. I heard there was like a line of people to take, uh, photos with him or waiting for him to be able to get a photograph of them. I'm the one who tweeted that he was going to the casino, which again, in hindsight, or maybe, you know what? If I could do it over again, I probably would not have tweeted what I did. I, I didn't do it with any malice. And the girl who I know the girl who again, took that photo with him. She's a good person. I like yeah. her a lot. I don't know. Maybe she was starstruck. Bad luck. Sure. Whatever. But it happens to the best of us. When it comes to the bills. All right. And this is what I'm getting at here. So Sunday he was in the big tree parking lot. I know this because I have a couple idiot buddies who took pictures with him and I did not post those on Twitter, at least not the parts with the, with the other people in it because the girl ended up getting a lot of shit. Some people knew who she was and she took a lot of a flag for that. But anyway, so he's at the big tree, the tailgate partying it up with Bill's fans. And then he's inside the stadium. He made that video again. Are you surprised that the Buffalo bills, they had to have known he was going to be there. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, oh shit, OJ's in the house. Like Bill's, you know, sure. people that they knew Somebody he was knew. coming. Sure. I don't know how much they accompanied him or, or what. So I don't want to speak on something I don't know a lot about. But we do know OJ was in the stadium, in a suite. Um, and and the Bills obviously were very privy to that. And again, there was the, I think it was Jenna Calerly or Calerly from Channel 7 posted a video, man. People were lined up, like going down the aisle trying to get a selfie with this dude. Right. We've already we've already addressed that. I guess what I want to ask you is, are you surprised that the Buffalo Bills in any way, shape, or form were accommodating towards this guy? Well, so, one, we don't know the extent, right? And I'm not going to speculate to the extent right. of Very I, fair. I think I agree with you that they probably knew he was a person that was in their facility for this game ahead of time. I'm mm -hmm. sure they knew. But he could have a suite. He's even with all of the financial problems he went through and going to jail. Oh, there's still a lot of value in being OJ Simpson. He makes more money than I'll ever see. He has more money than I'll ever see. He lives on one of those uh, resort golf club old people's homes in California for rich people. He's doing all right. Um, so he can go get a suite wherever he wants. I don't know how much the bills accommodated him. So I'm not going to speculate on that for you know, whatever, but there's nothing to prevent him 
from coming to this game. He's a vaccinated person. He's been pro-vax this whole time. He went out and got his vaccination. That's the only thing that you can prevent somebody right now from entering a Bills game. Uh, he's as much as I don't like him and I don't want him associated to the team or having to have conversations about a guy like OJ Simpson. Um, he's a free man and his money spends and he is allowed to go places. He's allowed, he's interested in the NFL. He covers it for his own purposes. So there's nothing to prevent him from going out. Well, think the they could, they could say, we don't want you in the stadium. And that, that, that that's would... a bad look too, though, to some folks. And that's the thing is that Twitter's not real life, right? So the reaction that we saw on Twitter doesn't match up with the reaction we saw from fans who are lining Very up true. to take a picture with this guy. So you can't just also appease the people like me who are triggered by the sight of an OJ Simpson because that's not doesn't make up the majority of people, right? So I think what the Bills did the right thing, which is they didn't make any they didn't put any posts out there. Right. They, they what they could have done. Yeah. Well my guess is is because they were in the throwbacks, I'm guessing the alumni group, which isn't necessarily directly associated with the Bills. It's a kind of a spur off of the Bills. Right. Um, I'm sure that that alumni group was having something to, for those old teams and, and for the weekend. So a lot of guys were in town and OJ Simpson just also happens to be one of them. That's very famous, the most famous one and obviously infamous. I bet they were all in town for that and they were doing stuff. That would be my guess. Uh, and the bills, but the bills could have made graphics and honored him. That would have been terrible. They just kept silent and let him go to the game and didn't make it any official affiliation. I would love to know. I'd love to know the inside scoop about this weekend with oj being in buffalo i'd love to know why he was here i would love he's to like know. doing coke with I would, terry I, I, would lo- <laughs> I would love to know i obviously not in any official capacity but i'd like to know who pulled those strings that oj just happened to be in town this weekend and go to the game i'll tell you there's one person with the sources and the knowledge and the ability to tell us all that and his name is tim graham of course i'm talking from the athletic the thing yeah. is um Tim has a very well-known relationship with, with OJ. With OJ. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying Tim, you know, Tim likes, I'm not <clears> saying <throat> Tim Graham and OJ Simpson are friends. I'm not no. saying that Tim is a I think defender. Tim's been actually pretty outspoken. Very against, much so. Yeah. Very much so. So, you know, I'm not insulting Tim whatsoever. I'm not saying no. Tim agrees with anything that OJ has allegedly done or any of that shit. But what I'm saying is Tim's that guy who, more than anyone else that I know anyway, we could find out those details. Not yeah. sure if he's, maybe he is, and we, we don't know. Maybe there'll be a story on OJ coming up in the next week or so on The Athletic. I have no you idea. You never know with Tim. You never know with Tim, exactly. So, uh, I don't know. It, it, again, it, it's just a, it, he's a fascinating, polarizing guy, in my opinion, and obviously you're a suit for all the wrong reasons, but it, it just, it, it really blows my mind that so many people uh, sensationalize him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just want to yeah. get their picture with him. It just... And rest in peace, Norm McDonald. Now that we're talking about uh, OJ here, rest in peace, Norm McDonald. My favorite comedian passed away recently, famously got fired from Saturday Night Live for just ripping into OJ yeah. constantly in the 90s. Yeah. And I don't know if people remember, uh, like um, all your listeners remember the trial and how much that was on the news. Mm-hmm. And OJ was a big friend with uh, Don Allmeyer, who was the producer or whatever, one of the executives at, what is it, NBC that yeah. uh, Saturday Live's on? Yep. NBC executive told him to quit doing OJ jokes or he was going to fire him because they were buddies. 
and he just kept ripping into OJ every weekend on weekend. I'm sure you remember those. Oh, things. I do. I, the, I the, totally yeah, remember. I love Norm McDonald, man. He was Oh, he awesome. just ripped OJ apart. And so uh, that's that's really how I learned about the trial because I was pretty young, but I watched Saturday Night Live, and so yeah. I'd always catch yeah. those Norm McDonald yeah. digs yeah. on OJ. So my, I'm skewed against liking OJ. Yeah. But rest in peace, Norm. To- look, I I, I do. To- I totally get the intrigue. Again, he's the most famous Buffalo Bill ever. Yeah, and he was before 1994 too. Yeah, now you know, obviously for the wrong reasons. Now I get the intrigue. Like I said, just sensationalizing him and and taking photos and videos with him is just a bad. It's a bad look, in my opinion. Anyway, and obviously, yeah, yours as well. As for the game, all right, let's let's go. Let's let's talk at least for a few minutes about the game. Lots of uh, dissatisfaction, which just kind of blows Dude. my mind. It's it's tough to really. I mean, look, shit happens to every good team around the league, man. Yeah. You know, it it happens. You win ugly sometimes. And are we that spoiled? I, I yeah. guess my only thought is this, too, is going after a game like Miami, at least in the first half, too, it's like, wasn't that long ago where we would take a win literally any way we can get one? Absolutely. I don't care who it was. I don't care where it was at. A win is a win. Or is this, are we becoming spoiled that we can complain about wins ultimately where they cover the point spread too by the way i mean what's going on here i don't know if it's spoiled i think there is a sense of maybe entitlement a little bit that uh and there's this pursuit of perfection in my opinion for a lot of people this again twitter's not real life so i don't know that all bills fans feel this way but my sense is that the people that i interact with on twitter uh that are upset today there's a pursuit of perfection of this team and there it's clouding the ability to enjoy the right now. And that's what gets me is because I thought when we got here as fans through that drought, I always looked at the Patriots. I had a real close up front seat living in New England, seeing what that success was like for the fans, uh, seeing how they enjoyed the success. And I always thought when we got there, we're not going to, you know, we're just going to be happy that we finally are there and have that type of team. And we're, we are there now. I think the Bills are there. I think this game was very New England-like. I think if you look back at the drought years and some of those games where the Bills hung around with New England for a half and made sure. you like, well, we're finally going to fucking get Brady. We got him right where we want him. And then he comes out in the second half and still covers a 13-point spread, ends up crushing you in the second half. You can't stop him. Whatever you do, their defense is dominant. And the Patriots go on to you know win Super Bowls and go on playoff runs. And the Bills are an afterthought. That's what this game was this weekend. The Bills came out. They were flat. They played maybe the worst football we had seen on the offense for an entire half. And then they came back out in the second half and totally dominated, covered the spread. Uh, like They scored at will. They dominated on defense. There really isn't anything ultimately. You can complain. You can nitpick some of the things. But I think we're pursuing that perfect team that doesn't exist. Other teams, when they're that big of a road favorite or when they're or, – or, when they're that big of a favorite against an underdog, don't tend to cover spreads in the NFL. Like uh, it, it's very rare for 13, 14 point spreads to hit. And so the bills were able to cover that. Like look at the Bengals game. Like nobody expected the jets to be, everybody was talking about the Bengals as the, one of the up and coming teams in the AFC. They were going to challenge the bills and then they go out and blow it to the jets. Like Crazy. it's a tough league, dude. <laughs> this is, don't learn every single week. Good teams get in tight games and lose close games. And the Bills, they let it be close for a little bit, but then they dominated that game and pulled away. And it was not, there was no question in the end. Now, both things could be true, man. You could sit here and say, 
all right, let's keep our composure. It's a bad half, but, you know, we're a good team. We're going to find a way to win. That's very fair. But it's also fair to be annoyed at halftime. Sure. I was annoyed as shit. I was too. And, and there was a lot and of And worried. Talk. It's okay to be worried. Yeah, absolutely, man. I was worried going into the game. I remember telling a yeah. couple of people, a couple of my buddies, I'm like, I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. And sure. I don't know why. I didn't have any specific reason. Not that I did think Miami. I mean, I don't think they were quite as bad as the one and six record they had going in. But I, it's not like I think they were a good team. Sometimes right. you just do to play a team tough, man. And tough, the Bills man. have been smacking the shit out of Miami for, what, five, six games now. It's hard to do they that. Were, yeah. Exactly. They play these teams enough. They're due to play a good game. So I wasn't that shocked. And I was annoyed at halftime. I was annoyed about a lot of things. The execution, the penalties, the the, the mistakes, the, um, the, the play calls. Bruce Nolan, our, our buddy Bruce from the Bruce Exclusive, he had a tweet. And it's regarding Josh Allen. Forget about, look. He played shitty in the first half. He played like an MVP in the second half. I mean, that's what it is. But he had a tweet that I never really thought about. And, and he was right. It's regarding the play calls. And this is his tweet. He said, it's very much time to accept that Josh Allen has a hand in what plays get run on offense. Fourth year in the system. He has control. He could check in and out of plays. Play call and praise and criticism includes him to some extent. Do you agree with that? Because when the play calls seem wrong it's really quick and easy to always blame brian dable but if you're not liking the play calls do, do you agree do you, don't you think josh has something to do with it as well at this point yeah no i absolutely do and i've thought that for a couple of years yeah. now to be honest we heard the relationship with them uh and how they get in and out of plays so i'm on the opposite scale of a lot of twitter especially during the game uh in terms of when things i believe when people now see things going wrong and they don't know why the offense isn't moving or things aren't going right. They automatically just trigger over to oh, the play calling must suck. Like that's why it's not working. The, we get Dable and needs to call something different. Most of the time, that's not the case. To be honest, when we break down, when Eric gets deep into the play, like what was happening in the plays, most of the time it's almost always, it's a mixed bag. And you know this, Pat, you've been watching sports long enough when you really pull back and break down, it's a, there's a tip pass here. There's a, a mis-execution by a guard here. There's a, you know, Allen's off on a throw by a second here. And then before you know it, that's a whole drive, right? Like these are, and you only get so many touches uh, in a half. And so we're talking, we're really, again, we're talking about one half of football. You get maybe what, four or five drives in a half. You get maybe nine, 10 in a game. Uh, so if things aren't going right, it, it gets out of hand for you a little bit fast, but they were able to pull it back in. But I think people just lean towards all oh, play calling sucked because you see one play or two plays that are uh, what you don't like or we don't want to see in a situation. What you don't know is what are the options available to Josh to check in and out of? What are the triggers that tell Josh to check in and out of plays? Is he seeing that? Is that like this is stuff we don't know in the broadcast when we're watching the game? That's something you have to pull back later. And normally there'll be some trigger that tells Josh to go ahead with a run play because that is the play advantage that the Bills believe that they have. And so he checks into that or checks out of that. And so Bruce is right that some of that goes on Josh, but some of that's dictated by the other side of the ball or what you have or what that game plan, overall game plan is. There's a lot of layers, there's a lot of nuance, and it's just to just call it play calling as the problem really lacks the nuance of what it takes to have successful. You know, they talk about one of 11 all the time and what it takes to be successful in this league. And it's, I think it's too late. I think it's a lazy 
argument to just say play calling generally and just kind of slap that as the problem with the offense not moving the ball. Well, one specific thing that I heard through somebody that would kind of back up what Bruce was saying, it was early in the game, it was like maybe the second or third drive. Do you remember it was, it might've even been the first drive. It was a third and nine call and it ended up being a high snap, but it was like a Josh Allen run and he got stuffed. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. I heard that Josh Allen switched into that call from, I don't know what the call was originally supposed to be, but I sure. heard that he switched into that call and that was Josh Allen's audible to take it in and have that design run. So right. that kind of gives some, and he probably saw something in the defense right. yeah, yeah, to yeah. trigger like, Hey, this is open. And that's why this play is in your back pocket. So that if they give you the look, you take the look. Yeah. Some, sometimes, um, that sometimes, doesn't, sometimes the, uh, the, the execution just not there. Like the calls, right. Always work. Somebody yeah. misses a block. Somebody misses an assignment or something. And, uh, you know, a play gets blown up and then a lot of people look In hindsight's always easy yeah. to go back and say that was the wrong decision. Uh, but yeah, no, I think there in there is some bad play calls. I'm not excusing Brian Dable or, or Josh Allen from checking in and out of plays, but a lot of the times Allen says it all the time, Dable says it all the time. It, the, this tape is never as bad as it looks. It's never as good as it looks. And that's some of the most truth I've ever seen at a press conference because when you do peel back... Uh, I get in this argument all the time with Levi Wallace. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk We're about him. We're going to talk about him given, Yeah, giving up some receptions. It's never as bad as Twitter makes it seem when you really pull back the film. Like, it's okay. It's adequate. It's average when you compare it to the league-wide, but it's never as bad. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want to spend a few minutes talking about the defense in a minute. Yep. Offensively, so what did you see? What did they do differently in the second half? Was it just a matter of execution? Was it a difference to you? And like um, their philosophy, their game plan, obviously Cole Beasley had a lot to do with the success yeah. in the second half, which by the way, well, semi-related to that, you're on social media, you're on Twitter, man. You've seen a lot of the tweets. People were suggesting that he could get traded. I mean, and by the way, I'm not going to single out any blogs or podcasts or anything like that, but this wasn't just fans, man. These are people who actually get behind a microphone and talk about the Buffalo Bills. That's ridiculous. We're suggesting that Cole Beasley not only could get traded, but maybe he should get traded. What are you going to get for somebody who brings what he can bring to the table on any given Sunday? A mid-round pick, a late-round pick that could give you that. Because you can make a very fair argument, Aaron, that let's just say Cole Beasley hurt his ankle in the first half and then play in the second half. I don't know if we're going to get this result because Cole Beasley was a huge factor in totally. this W, in the second half. What did you see differently yeah. in the second half? Yeah, so with Cole Beasley, though, I like obviously Josh Allen is the most important player on this team, right? And he makes this engine absolutely tick for sure. But Cole Beasley's that spark plug that gets the engine going sometimes when it needs that pickup. And that I think that was maybe my most frustrating part of this game was historically when this offense has struggled to get anything going or to, to you know, this when they're stalling out at midfield and they can't get a drive together, Cole Beasley has been the thing that sparks momentum for this offense. Even if it's not him getting 10 catches, it, him getting a catch or two and moving the chains, it gets this offense going almost every time when we get him the ball. And so I was frustrated that in that second quarter, we didn't see a little bit of force feeding to Cole Beasley. Like in my opinion, when you're, you're stagnant and you're stale on offense and you have him and you know, historically he gets your offense going. I don't mind if you come out and waste a drive, just trying to find ways to, 
go through, go at him three times in a row if, if it's not going to work. Because nothing else has worked either. And he is the guy that always sparks your offense. And then we saw it in the third quarter. I think a couple things that we saw. One, the Bills, the Miami Dolphins were doing stuff that nobody was really doing to the Bills so far this year. Everybody's plan of attack against the Bills is let's drop into zone. We'll go too high safety. We're going to keep Josh Allen from blowing us uh, over the top here. We're going to keep everything in front of us and tackle these wide. We're not going to give them the yards after catch and, and stuff like we'll keep everything in front of us. Miami really brought blitzes. We haven't seen it. People try to blitz Allen. He was super successful against it a year ago. We haven't seen a ton of it this year. It took them a minute to get the right reads. Again, this is another thing that Allen's reading when he's calling plays and then is given the line adjustments, the line has to adjust and you had a, a new offensive line. So that was a, 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 you know, all the rotations that were offensive line were ripe for blitzing and causing some chaos. And it took them a half, uh, which is a little longer than I would like them to take to pick up that type of stuff. Cause I get, I do think against a better team, you can't take as long as they did to make those adjustments. But then once we saw them make those adjustments, that touchdown to digs, uh, that that at that point, I really knew. Okay, the Bills have a handle on what this defense yeah. is doing. Josh knew that blitz was coming. He knew where it was going to be open on the field. He sat in the pocket and delivered it exactly where it needed to be. And I was like, oh, Josh has this figured out. We that we it finally clicked for everybody. So I think it was figuring out what the Miami Dolphins were were trying to accomplish on defense, and then attacking that. And that's where Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs come in. Great is if a team's going to blitz you, Beasley's going to be wide open every time as a security blanket, and Diggs is going to get open downfield. So they figured it out and were able to get some stuff going in the second half, but it really all revolved around Cole. I want to take one more real quick break. And on the other side, look, we're doing a disservice by not spending this entire podcast talking about the defense because that's yeah, right. how good they've been this year. For sure. But I do want to talk about your boy specifically. That's the only guy I really want to talk about. Before that, though, real quick, talking offense, I, I, I tweeted this on Monday. Let's give Tyler Tyler Bass a little bit of love, too, man. He needs all the credit. 57-yard field goal, 16 to 17 on field goals this year, 23 for 23 extra points. Were it not for those pricks, Nick Falk and, uh, and Justin Tucker, he'd be dead. He is dead smack in the middle of potential pro ball talk, but he probably won't make it over those guys. But anyway, he's been real solid. Again, one quick break, come back. My man, Levi Wallace, Aaron Quinn's. Uh, Let's do it. That's your guy. Be right back. I do. Like I said, we're kind of doing a disservice just glancing over the defense, especially when the defense is as dominant as they were on Sunday. Tremaine Emmons continues to play well, which, by the way, I was not high on him at all. In fact, I was one of those guys who was kind of dragging him through the mud, maybe a little bit more than he deserves. But he's continuing to play well. Um, he's been good. Trey White's Trey White. The, the safeties, in my opinion, the best safety tandem in the NFL. Yeah. Your man Levi Wallace, though, I, I got to give it up. He stood out to me, and, and he's getting a lot of love on Monday, by the way. It's deserved. He played really, really well. And it's easy to call him the weak link of this defense. And in a way, he is. But that's not because he's a weak corner. It's because of the guys I just mentioned. You got Trey White. You got Hoyer, you got Hyde, you got Teron Johnson. Somebody, you got to attack somebody, right? So yeah. I, I, apparently, you know, that's Levi Wallace every week. He answered the bell, man. I thought if I was giving out a game ball, Ed Oliver too, by the way, I should have mentioned Ed Oliver before. I know he got the defensive game ball in the locker room. I'm going to tell you, man, cut, cut that in half because I thought Levi Wallace deserved a game ball. I'm stunned right now. 
that you're saying this because during the game, Pat, uh, my mentions were full and I saw a ton of Levi hate during that game yesterday. And I, I do think people dialed it back uh, here this morning. I saw some people giving him some credit here. And Joe Marino, I listened to him this morning on Lockdown Bills. He, he's always been, I think, in the same camp as I am. I probably take to defending Levi more, so I look more like a stan than Joe does. But Joe's always been on the same camp. That this guy's an adequate cornerback number two when you look at him in comparison to the rest of the league. And his and salary, what, too. And his salary's good. And this guy, man, like... He gave up the big third down reception to Parker, but that was a dime by Tatua threw a handful of dimes in this game. He didn't have a good game, but he threw probably four or five that were really nice Mm -hmm. uh, and that beat the coverage. And that was one of them. And Parker went up and made the play, but Levi wasn't great coverage on that. Like I'm not going to get on a guy for a reception like that. He got beat a couple times and missed one tackle. And so that's frustrating, but I agree with you. I think otherwise, for Taron Johnson's getting some of the least amount of targets right now uh, in, in passing plays, and he's one of the best nickel defenders right now in the in the NFL, and he's getting his hand on balls. Trey White, what you just see him athletically stand out when the ball's thrown towards him, um, even when he doesn't get a good play on the ball. There's a potential that that's about to be a big play in the other direction. He's just that type of dynamic guy. And then you mentioned it, the safeties; they definitely keep people out. Uh, uh, thrown away from them. You saw Jordan Porter on up with another pick. They're the only guys with interceptions really so far this year. And so Levi got gets attacked. What I like best about him is he he gave up a few receptions early, but later in that game he came up and made a big play. Uh, Parker got physical on him, and I think I believe it was the third down, and he came up and made a play and got a pass break up on that play, stalling that drive out. And so Levi's. You know, everyone counts him out. He was a walk-on at Alabama. Nobody believed in him then. He gets undrafted, comes in, and takes this shot. But they've been trying to replace him now for three years out of his four years here. They've been trying to replace him. He really separated himself from Dane Jackson, by the way. Totally. Yeah, I don't think there was an argument. I think that that separation happened pretty early this summer, too. Like, he showed up. Uh, the players seem to love him. Like he is like he, Micah, Jordan, like these guys, the continuity is real playing together for that long. is real. I think there's a real trust uh, uh, along this group. He's solidified at cornerback number two. And even some of the trade candidates that people have thrown out there, uh, uh, Kyle Fuller, look at Kyle Fuller right now and tell me uh, objectively that he's actually better than Levi Wallace. That's not an upgrade at Levi Wallace at this point. Like I do think Levi is a really adequate cornerback number two, and people need to be okay with that. And what an <laughs> adequate number two cornerback is going to do is they're going to, he's going to get targeted 10 times and he's going to give up six receptions. Like, but he, he, right now he hasn't given up big plays. He hasn't gotten burnt. He hasn't gotten roasted. He's not going to be an all pro. Like people are going to throw at him. He's going to give up some receptions, but this is the best defense in the NFL by a lot right now so like people need to chill even they played vernon butler out there who has no business being in the nfl and it, it wasn't the end of the, the end Ooh, of a little hot take there okay yeah i mean it, 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 i'm not a fan of vernon but like he came out and he played uh almost a perfect game on defense his whole defense um one thing i got a bone to pick here before we get going tonight too is you mentioned it. I think Tremaine Edmonds had a great game. I think he's put now stacked together a, a really sweet month of football. Yeah. Like he's making a good case for what type of contract he's going to line up for himself in this extension. Uh, Matt Milano also had a great game. PFF doesn't think so. If you go look at their grades, I think they're in the 40s and 50s for both those guys. Mario Addison was the lowest graded player 
on the Buffalo Bills per PFF. I thought he had a really nice game. And Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes had a great game. I, I have been in the, you know, I feel about Addison. I don't even think he should be on this roster. I think he, well, I think he started out well, and then I think he, he had a lull, but I think he was good on Sunday. I saw a stat from Jay Skirsky. Um, Edmonds, I think eight tack or five of his eight tackles or something like solo tackles were for three yards or less. So yeah. the difference between him now, he, he, here was my problem with Tremaine Edmonds. He was a more athletic Preston Brown in my eyes. Like, yeah, he racked up a lot of tackles, but they were freaking seven, eight yards down the, down the line of scrimmage, sure. no interceptions, no fumble recoveries, no sacks, a bunch of empty stats. But now he's starting to be an impact player. And as far I'll tell you, you say Levi Wallace is an adequate corner. I agree. You said he's not a Pro Bowl corner. He would be if he played Miami 17 times a year because sure. both games this year against Miami. He had an interception the first time before. He, I think he hurt his calf yep. later that game. But uh, he was sensational both times they played uh, Miami this year. I want to circle back. Speaking of all pros, let's. Circle back quickly here as we wind down. Josh Allen, all right? Forget about what he does on the field. We're Bills fans, Bills podcasters. We know how he is on the field. We also know how he is off the field. People love Josh Allen and Buffalo for very good reason. On the field, he can be kind of a dick, man. He's very cocky. You know, he waved goodbye to Christian Wilkins at the end of the game. Is he one of those guys now that you love him because he's on your team, but you hate him if you don't? Like, say, Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks. That's the best example I could think of. I'm a Knicks fan. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Miami, you know, that rivalry, whatever. Like, I like the Knicks. I hate Trey Young, that motherfucker, but he's awesome. Do you think that's kind of how Miami's starting to feel about Josh Allen? Like, they want to kill him, but you respect him too, but he's a cocky prick. I love it. I love everything about this. When I saw some Miami fan complaining uh, and tweeted out, like, he's the easiest hate to hate player. He's so arrogant and cocky and dirty and all this stuff. And I just thought about all the times of wanting to say that about Tom, you know, Tom Brady. And I hear my brother talk about Aaron Rodgers. Like my brother's a bears fan. And he's always saying, Aaron, yeah, he's good and all, but he's such a dick. Oh, he's such a jerk. And that, like what that is to me is your team is so owned by another team and you're so desperate and you have no defense on the football field that you just start taking or totally irrational shots sure. at a guy. I just be like, oh, he's, well, whatever. He's an asshole. Like what a jerk that guy is because th- that he dominates you no matter what. And Josh has a personality. I agree that can rub some people the right way, but I think I've got a bunch of friends that are Patriots fans and stuff. And they're like, I love this kid. Like, I love that he'll run through a line of defenders and that he'll get into it and chop it up with people. Like I think his comes off less douchey than, like I always thought Phil Rivers was kind of a douche because he's always just yelling at people and right. stuff like that where Josh is chippy and he, you know, he also slaps guys on the hat when they hit him and, you know, he gets into it. I think most players like him, but he's a competitor. And let's not forget that that wave looks worse, but there's context behind there. Like Wilkins was, that was a dirty play. What Wilkins did after Josh was on the ground, he was rolling around on his legs, which is something that that's a big no, no in NFL. So right. like there's, there's some rules about the game, like within the confines of the game you play, you don't roll up on a guy's legs. You don't twist in the pile. Like everybody's trying to make a living and, and stuff like that. And I think he did that. Josh took exception to it. There was a bunch of chippiness. And then Josh started waving goodbye. And Josh could, man, the scoreboard, like the Bills just ruined their season. Now they're one in what, seven uh, in Miami. Their season's done. We're not going to see him the rest of the year. See you later. We're going to beat you again twice next year. Like, screw you. You don't do that shit in our home court. So I have no problem with Josh doing it. If he is a little bit cocky or arrogant, 
he's earned a little bit of that. Like I'm okay with it, he's man. He hasn't done I'm telling you, he's Trey Young, man. If you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, you love the guy. If you're not, I you love hate, it. Then. Hate I, love, I love it yeah. too, man. I do. I yeah. love that. By the way, I'll be the heel. I want to be the. I do. I grew up with wrestling, fucking loving the heels, and I still do to this day. Yeah. By the way, Josh is now the Vegas betting favorite to win NFL MVP right now. He just overtook Kyler Murray. Actually, today as we tape this Monday. One thing, then we're out of here. Yeah, um, Josh is going to be on Monday Night Football soon. He is, for, and, and I yeah. do want to listen to that. The Buffalo Bills are now speaking of Vegas and betting. They're now the Super Bowl betting favorites. They're five to one. They're now the favorites to win. Um, Tampa's five and a half. Rams are seven. Packers are eight. Cowboys are nine. You got any thoughts as we as we get out of here on the Buffalo Bills being the betting favorite? What is it? We're now seven games into the season. Seven games into the season, the Bills, despite two losses, are, are the favorites in Vegas to win it all. I mean, I think that's fair. I do. I think it's them in the box. It should be equal favorites to win it all. I, I don't think that that's crazy. There's going to be other teams that are up and coming here. We saw, you know, Titans, and then obviously they have the now the injury with Derrick Henry out for the year. I think that deflates a lot of their hype that they had. We had the Bengals, but then they turn around and lose to the Jets. Like the people want to keep convincing me that the Raiders are for real uh, and that they're going to be there, but I don't know. There'll be some teams that compete, but I think right now there's a clear team that has a little bit of history. And last year they were in the AFC Championship game. And they've continued that success into this year. I think that it's fair to bet on the future that that team's going to be more consistent than some of these other teams. They're number one in DVOA for a reason. They have the number one defense. Their offense continues to trend up in DVOA. I think they'll be within the top 10 soon. They were at top 10 here, or they were 10th this last week. I think they'll be within the top 10 going forward. It's just a really good football team, and they're deep. Um, They make mistakes when they have games like against the Dolphins. It's more than getting in their own way uh, and stumbling through the, the Steelers game. I think Steelers were good, but Bill's gotten their own way a number of times in that game. So I do think, and then you look at their schedule, Pat, like the, this upcoming schedule here should be pretty easy going forward. Tampa could be a little bit tough. There could be some tough games and there. I think Patriots games probably tougher than fans want to admit that it will be, uh, but they could go on a nice run here and easily secure that home field here to finish up the season. If they do that, then I think they're the runaway Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, two quick takes here as we get out. I was wrong earlier in the year. I thought the AFC was significantly better than the NFC. I, I, I don't buy that anymore. I think for... Well, Vegas says it too. Well, the Chiefs hurt though, those odds. The Chiefs, like, and they look bad tonight too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the NFC is better. I think the Bills are in the weaker of the two conferences. And one last thing too, what you mentioned it, Derrick Henry, Tennessee. If there's two players in, that I don't want to see anyone get hurt, so we're clear here. I, I just, I don't like that. I don't want to win that way. But nobody benefits to Derrick Henry being hurt more than the Bills. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's yeah. not even so much what he does statistically. It's how much they have to respect the run, which allows Ryan Tannehill's play action to be even more effective. I would say Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson, those are the two guys that if you could sure. say, take two guys out of this conference that, for the Bills to help them with the Super Bowl, it would be them. All right, Rod here. But before that, I got to say this, man. I forgot to ask you this at the top. So I'll save it for the end. What's up with Aaron Quinn, the TikToker? What's going Dude, on, bro? I'm huge, bro. What are you talking about? No, it actually is a bad sign for TikTok. When I'm getting on there, that means the technology's for old people now. Nobody's going to be cool on that. Eric, 
at Cover One convinced us uh, we got to expand the brand through TikTok a little bit. So we're, we're testing the water, seeing if it's a thing. So, but all you cool kids out there, be warned. Guys like me are signing up for TikTok. It's over. 